What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I'm your host, Kyle Pagan. Let's get right into it because we have Kevin and Kay. We got a lot to talk about. We've coached Tom Bradley from the Media Little League coming up later. And then we have uh, a radio host, Trevor Harris, from down in Miami to talk a little bit of Messi in Chester. Let's bring on my guy, Kevin Kincaid, because we have to do the most fun thing in the world. And we get to talk about everything that happens outside of the Sixers and never what happens on the court with the Sixers. This time, James Harden tells a bunch of Chinese youth that he will never play in another organization that Daryl Morey is a part of and calls him a liar. I think if you told me this would this would happen after they lost the second round this year, I don't think I could believe you. I don't think you, anyone in Philadelphia, any creative person could have drawn up this kind of scenario. Now that's where we find ourselves. How are you feeling? Well, <clears throat> first of all, I'd like to point out that you broke the moratorium. You broke the rules on no posts on the Sixers shit show. Uh, and so what? the Harden, Harden thing is resolved. Uh, that that broke me completely yesterday when I saw that a Monday Monday morning. I think the first thing I saw was like a, a WIP push notification. I had like just gotten out of bed and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Uh, this is not it how it, like, it, it broke at like seven in the morning. It broke so early. Russ has like 17 kids. He was awake. Yeah, Russ is up at like 4 4 a.m. or something, I guess. He wrote the post. He was the one who had to write the post because (laughs) me and you, like normal people, who get up like 8, 8 8.30, are like, hey, typically 7 o'clock, you know, you're not getting James Harden uh, propaganda in front of a bunch of Chinese youth. Russ came up big big and threw that up. Yeah, because, I mean, what's China like friggin' 18 hours ahead of us? Of course, Harden. Harden goes over there to say it in front of the communists. You know, would he say it on Americans? Would he trash Daryl Morey on Americans? So, come on. So what? So do you think it's because Morey promised him a new deal that last year, and it's because he he took it off the table, or do you think it's because he took it off the trading? He took uh, Harden off the trading block over the weekend, or do you think it's just he's he's kind of just succumbed to communist pressure? He wants to sell some bottles of wines. Allegedly, he sold like sixteen million on their TikTok over there. So like he's like the leading like wine seller of the of the CCP right now. You drink wine in China or does the government have to like release certain amounts of well Pennsylvania does that too. I guess Pennsylvania's government controls liquor. So you could argue that China China Not probably has better better liquor policy. Not in a position to speak here. Yeah, I was going to accuse China of withholding alcohol from uh from their from their uh, residents from their citizens but uh yeah Pennsylvania does the same thing too um the the only plausible explanation here is that one Harden is just a massive moron or two Daryl Morey promised him that when he took the pay cut to allow Daniel House and PJ Tucker to be here that there was some wink wink deal that he was going to give him his money on the back end or extend him or whatever now, Kevin O'Connor uh, this dude, did write this, right. uh, this dude just opted the fuck in like six weeks ago to, to ask for a trade to un, under the understanding, I guess, right, that he was going to be traded. So if Daryl Morey did that and then pulled the rug out from under him, he's an asshole, too. I mean, I, these guys are bo- both attached, both tied themselves together. Right. And they're going down on the ship 
together and the Sixers happen to be with them. The, the concrete block is also tied to the Sixers feet. Like these, these two have been married to each other through Houston, Philly, their entire NBA tenures. And now their bullshit is finally going to sink both of them and bring the Sixers down with it. I'm so sick. I'm so sick of the drama and the bullshit and the, and the childish, childish horseshit. Just handle your business. That's and the player empowerment era can fuck right off too. With all these guys who think they can just ignore contracts, do whatever they want to do, you know, force trades out. I, I would like a trade, but only to this one team. Like, who the fuck do you do you people think you are? You know, this is the most it's gone insane. It's so it, bad. It is so bad, man. It makes the product. It watered. It waters down the product. It's not fun to watch. It's you know, if you're if you're a casual fan, you're like, oh my god, you know, Jimmy Butler's here or James Harden's here or. You know, Chris Paul's here now. It's like you if you if you if you're a casual fan, you don't know where Chris Paul is right now. I would love for people off the top of their head to say where Chris Paul is right now. I'm just so sick of it, man. I'm gonna take a deep breath here. I'm gonna do breathing yeah. exercise. I and then you look at kind of the franchise in a way, and it just it doesn't give you there just doesn't feel like any leadership. That was a great breath. It doesn't feel like there's any so annoyed. I don't want to be like curmudgeon, dude. Like Messi, Messi's coming tonight. Yeah. Phillies are, are playing well. I mean, Eagles are coming back. So I just I can't do this six or shit. We just did the Ben Simmons shit two years ago. You know, you're gonna give you're gonna give Sixers fans two holdouts in two years. At least Why? this year, we have there's nothing left to give, man. There's like I'm I'm just defeat. I'm just completely defeated by that. The good thing about this year, though, is the CBA is different. So James Harden does have to report, yeah, technically by November second, I believe, or the Sixers can hold his rights or force him not to sign with a team in free agency. The, the, I think it has the, to do with bird rights. Um, yeah could be wrong but yeah i mean it does compromise the the ability to it compromises what happens after the contract yeah same so league of course they had awarded benson you know rewarded ben simmons for sitting out yeah his grievance money so so what happens now like w- w- this this has to have lasting effects someone's head needs to roll i don't know if it's james Harden's. i don't know if it's someone else's i don't know if it's pj tucker who's coming out right now and 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 supporting uh, James Harden on his Instagram story after you know Daryl Morey paid the guy eleven million dollars. He's making twenty two million dollars the next two years. He's got thirty age thirty eight and age thirty nine for, and he's and he's averaging Skip Bayless numbers right now. But like, someone's head needs to roll off this situation because it's just it's been too much, and it's the first time that I've ever wanted Josh Harris to like legit sell the team. Like now that he's with Washington. He cares about them more than he'll care about the Sixers. It's his childhood team. It's the NFL. It's the crown jewel. And I think the Sixers will will, will pay the price now. Um, it just feels like another asset in his hedge fund portfolio. Well, I mean, it's uh, you get into like weird territory when you talk about the owner because you ask yourself, like, what, what, what do you look for in a good owner? What makes a good owner? Jeffrey Lurie. Why is Jeffrey why is Jeffrey Lurie a good owner? Right. I think the fans would tell you he he has this emotional investment in the team. He seems to care from an from a sentimental level, right? Um, 
Same with John Middleton, who's going into the stands and inviting fans into his box and stuff like that. So I think the where you draw the the line of demarcation with Josh Harris and and Lurie and Middleton, Comcast will just kind of put off on the side because they're a corporation, you know. Is that like Josh Harris does not let me let me say it this way. If I ask you a rhetorical question, like what does Josh Harris need to give the Sixers that they don't have? And we went down a list and I said, do they have a good practice facility? Yeah. Do they have uh, an arena? Uh, it's not theirs. They want to leave. But Wells Fargo Center's more, they're more than capable there. Do they have enough resources? Uh, yeah. You know, do they have a good general manager? They hired Daryl Morey, right? Um, do they have a good head coach? They got Nick Nurse who won a title, right? So I mean, it's not that Josh Harris and HBSC are not providing the needed resources or whatever. I don't have a problem if they own the commanders and the devils, but of course nobody had a problem with the devils, right? Cause there aren't as many hockey fans here. Right. Um, I have no problem with him owning multiple teams or having multiple investments. If he gives the Sixers everything that they need to succeed, but you do lack that extra kind of, you know, if Jalen hurts had an issue with uh, Nick Sirianni, would Jeffrey Lurie be able to step in and help, you know, assuage concerns right john middleton being involved in the bryce harper stuff right you know that's where josh harris is not involved, right yeah. so it's so when you have like a harden and a maury situation like this what can josh harris do like a good owner would come down and say all right we're both of you are going to sit right the fuck down right now and we're going to talk this out we're going to figure this out like men you know instead of you know, Harden telling the chinese commies that he's you know never going to play for daryl maury again and then maury probably coming up with some snarky shit to put on Twitter commentary. I, I can't yeah. wait for the picture of him outside somewhere with, yeah. with, with a, with a t-shirt on. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, but that's a good, yeah. I mean, the Harris thing is interesting because up until this point, I've, my argument was always like, you know, the Sixers don't are not lacking in anything that Josh Harris can provide except for that kind of like, I don't know, give me another better word for father figure, like somebody who can be at the top and kind of like, yeah, a leader, yeah. like, yeah. Like a, like a, yeah. like a, a Dan Hilferty in, in some way, like going back to Comcast. Comcast is a corporation, but they have a face, and if the face could be Dan Hilferty in the future, it was uh, Dave Scott before. Obviously, that didn't work out and everything. Well, but Ed, like, Snyder, Ed Snyder would have gotten in here, and he would have been like, or Pat Croce, right? I mean, the stories that you hear about that Pat Croce tells about, Iverson and Larry Brown and getting them in a room together and, and talking, you know, that's, that's what Josh Harris is missing. I presume. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, he die, if he's involved in the stuff behind the scenes, I'd be stunned because he's, he's not a great speaker. He's not really a charismatic individual. Like I don't see a lot of his public facing qualities, you know, matching as in non, in non public settings. I don't know that for sure, but yeah, this is when you would like to have a Middleton or a Jeffrey Lurie or an Ed Snyder, somebody who can come in and be like, "All right, this is whack. You know, we're gonna we're gonna solve this right now." If you wrote a TV show based around the process, which should happen, mm -hmm. I think you could write it, sell it to somebody, and the director would come in and be like, "You need to rewrite this. This is like not believable. Like nobody would believe this." Like Derek Bodner had that tweet yesterday. If Craig, you you can pull it up. That was like the Sixers off seasons are undefeated. In 2013, they traded a 21 year old All Star point guard Drew Holiday to tank. 2014, drafted two players who wouldn't play. 2015, drafted their third straight center. 2016, hired their advisor's son to run the team. 
2017, number one pick, loses the ability to shoot a basketball. 2018, GM trash star player on Twitter under burner accounts. Hired a new GM with no experience. 19, traded Jimmy Butler. 20, fired coach, hired new coach, then hired new GM, Daryl Morey. 2021, star point guard demands trade. 2022, investigated for tampering. 2023, star point guard demands trade. And the the funny thing is, in 2012 was the whole Andrew Bynum saga, and he didn't even play one second here. (laughs) Yeah, so this only really goes back to the beginning of the Harris Blitzer. Well, to the beginning of the process. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so – it's funny, man, because I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, if I'm worn out, I, I run, like, a blog right a sports blog so if we were like if we were covering this stuff like all i'd really have to do is paste in a tweet and write like 200 words and be done with it it's not like i gotta like spend time and energy doing it but if i'm so worn out to the point where i don't even want to have anything to do with it then i can't imagine how the fans feel you know i mean can you imagine all the, the how much slop have they just been been, been dealing with the, you know over the course of these last five or six years it's easy for me to kind of slide out of it because uh, you know, we got Eagles, we got Phillies, we got yeah. there's a lot of other good stuff to write about and, and things that are going on. But I mean, if you're like a hardcore basketball fan, you know, and this is what you're Philly, and you're defined by Philly sports, man, like it's just, it's just trash, man. It's just garbage, it's, it's garbage. You know? And it's because Philly's such a great basketball town, too. But and you're, and you're exactly right. It's like they just, they lose in the second round again and then they just fuck off to their mansions and they fuck off the Michael Rubin parties and stuff. And we're left holding the bag being like, okay, maybe if, uh, if, if Tyrese Maxey takes the next step, we'll be good next year. Or maybe we can offload James Harden for a package of picks and then offload that. Bang, bang, bang. It's like these people spend their hard earned dollar and their hard earned time and, and, and brain power on trying to fix these guys. And it just doesn't feel like it's reciprocated by the organization. And that's why I feel like I am just, so tired of these guys. I mean, these the extras used to be the crown jewel. Like even when they were losing seventy two games a year, it was just something you saw. Like you, it, it, it sucked to watch, but you saw an endpoint or you saw a finish line. Like, hey, this is what we're doing. Bang, bang, bang. There was a clear plan in place. There doesn't feel like a clear plan right now or for the future. And I told everybody, and this is good for me. We'd all benefit from a year off of the Sixers. And I think we're getting closer and closer (laughs) to a year off from the Sixers. I think the Sixers would benefit from us being away from them. And I think we'd benefit from being away from them for a year because I really, really just think it's a terrible, terrible relationship. It's a relationship. We all have those friends. We all have those couples that we know you should stop dating or you should divorce. It ain't working now. We need to divorce the Sixers or at least break up with the Sixers for a little bit. Trivia question. The best stretch that the Sixers have had in the last five years was when? In terms of like, what do you mean? Vibes, feel good, winning on the court, all that. 18, 19 when Jimmy Butler? That would be my number two. My number one was when the Doc's first year when they were just winning games and they were playing in an empty stadium, empty arena. You know? COVID year? Ripping off ripping off wins during the COVID year because there's no eyeballs on them. There's no fans in the stand. There was no, I mean, like pressure was low. Expectations were whatever. Um it's just and I like I'm not I'm aware of the fact that this is not just a Sixers thing. It's very easy to put those lists together. And Bodner's right. I mean, it's been a shit show for however long. But I mean, like Damian, look at Damian Lillard, too. Um, I mean, the NBA has just allowed the player empowerment era to get to a point where, OK, somebody's got to step like Adam Silver has to step in and get this under control. And the owner's got to step in. Excuse me, the governors have to step in and get it under control. Um because I'm, I'm I'm aware that when you get to you know when you look at the top teams in the league, um, superstars have certain mentalities, and like you're going to deal with drama when you're trying to put together a, a 
a contender. So I'm not naive to think that it's just a Sixers problem. I mean, there's other teams that deal with this kind of crap. You know, I mean, like Kyrie is doing whatever the hell he's doing. You know, Dame wants out, right? I mean, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but it just, yeah, it just kills your enjoyment of the team, like the, the drama and the, the childish behavior and all this stuff. I mean, you got a picture of James Harden giving, you know, Daryl Morey a huge hug when he gets off the plane, you know, and now he's in China telling him he's a lot, calling him a liar. So, I mean, the messiness and the sloppiness and, and all that stuff of the NBA is just, it's, it's too much, man. It's like Peter Laviolette, man, when he was in the locker, he said, it's too much, it's too much horse shit. That's I oddly want to defend Daryl, though, in a way. Like, if he, he did, if he did this backdoor deal, which I don't think he did, because they did get investigated for tampering last year, so I they feel did like this get investigated not- for tampering because, of, because, yes, again, the whole the whole James Carden Harden pay cut, yeah, facilitate the signing of his two guys that he won. It resulted in the Sixers having a tampering investigation. So, so that's why I think, like, with all the they confiscated phones, they went through emails and all that stuff. I think if Daryl Morey actually guaranteed him a larger deal, then. Uh, then that would have came out in the investigation. So I, I like, I, I don't think he did. I think this was more just off of the trading block. I really do. And and you know what it wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to sell millions of bottles of wine. This wouldn't surprise me because you know obviously we all know Daryl Morey's enemy number one there over in China. But I want to defend Daryl because it's like yeah. we we didn't want this to happen. Nobody wanted them to re-sign James Harden so that he's making sixty million dollars by the time he's thirty-seven years old. So we got the best that we we got the best that we could. Either he opts in for one more year, or he opts out and Daryl doesn't, you know, give him any money and he's leave he leaves and he's not as he's not a thorn in the center side. But this is the best because we can Daryl will get this done. And I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but like just step back and look. We won the Ben Simmons deal, okay? We 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 won it tenfold. I know it hasn't resulted in a third round playoff appearance. It hasn't resulted in a title, but like it's James Harden versus guy who's played forty games in the last two years, and we don't know if he's ever going to be good or he's ever going to get another contract again. Like that's why I kind of like defend Daryl. Like I'm I can't defend the the player side where he's got five centers on the roster right now. I can't defend the trade deadline moves that he's never really built a. A, a a a strong bench for uh for for the second unit but in terms of this it's like Daryl Morey took him off the trading block because he couldn't find anything that the the clippers were willing to budge on i mean it's impossible for, for anybody to talk about this with any kind of credibility if unless you know what Daryl Morey and James Harden spoke about and whatever handshake agreement they had or did not have, you know? So if Daryl Morey said to James, yeah, take less money this year, we'll do a one plus one and I'll, I'll let you, you know, we'll get house and Tucker in here, but on the back end, I'll give you this contract. And if he's not giving him that contract, then he's an asshole. You know, but I know it's good for business. I know nobody wants Harden here on a long-term thing, but nobody knows what was promised verbally nobody knows what was not promised you know so i can't i can't rule out harden having a case you know but at the same time it's like you 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 know the reason you opted back in and asked for a trade is because nobody nobody else wanted to give you that contract so i, I don't know what happened in between that. i don't know if maury maury was just like well you know the mar there's no market for him so maybe we can kind of skirt out of this but I don't know, if you gave somebody your word, you got to keep your word. I, I don't, again, 
no clue if he did give anybody his word. You know, that's why these NBA things are always impossible because you're going to get some bullshit from the agent. You know, the team's going to put their spin on it and, you know, probably just get uh, tidbits here and there. But nobody's ever really going to know what what James Harden and Daryl Morey discussed. What do you think about Joel Embiid? And we'll and we'll get uh, Coach on soon. I know people are in here looking for uh, Coach Tom Tom Bradley. Uh, we're just having a little technical difficulties. But what do you think about Joel Embiid? Uh, do you think he scrubbed it? You think he scrubbed Philadelphia from the thing? I think it's just some Under Armour intern who just was like, who uh, who was just like, all right, we got to update your NFT picture. And we got to update the the link in your bio that goes to a four hundred four error. I'm kind of sick of him too, you know, after that whole recent episode. <laughs> just can't do the Sixers right now. Not interested in the Sixers right now. I, yeah, after that whole trolling episode with whatever that was last month or the month before that, uh, these guys just haven't, they're not worth the time and energy right now. Why should I care about you? You guys underachieved again, you know? Uh, st- so stay out of the news cycle. Go fuck off into obscurity for a couple months. Phils are good. Eagles are going to be good again. You got messy coming tonight. Little League, Media Little League, you know, there's too much good, good stuff to talk about, which is why I did the thing with the site, which is why I was like, we're going to put a moratorium on this because we don't, it's junk, you know, it's trash, it's trash. It has no spot on the site right now, unless Pagan wants to defy orders and put a, you know, rant. Well, yours was kind of, it it was in line with what I had said earlier. So it actually kind of fit, you know, You you were just complaining about the Sixers, so. Wasn't do like you, update, you know? Do you uh do you think this affects the arena in any way? Just public sentiment of people who are like, why don't you worry about getting your house in order now and don't worry about the arena? I mean, sure, it would it would help people say if they had went to the Eastern Conference Finals or they were like a really, really good team or whatever, they're like, Oh yeah, let's build it, you know. But no, it it hurts, but only in a in a public sentiment kind of way. I don't think Mark Squilla is sitting there saying like, well, you know, because of the James Harden drama, I'm not going to introduce the bill to, to city council, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not like, oh, there's anything like super tangible in in that sense, but it's funny. You do like, you see Edelman on Twitter and you see the anti arena people on Twitter and they're like, why don't you worry about getting out of the second round first, you mm-hmm. know, or why don't you figure out James Harden's contract? Or, yeah. They got a lot um, of ammo, right? It now. doesn't help. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it really, really hurts, but it definitely doesn't help. <laughs> All so right. it's, um, we got our guy on. Let's bring on Coach Tom Bradley. Hey guys, Coach, how, how are, you? are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are hey, you guys? We're talking with with uh, with media little league manager Tom Bradley. They're playing uh, Wednesday, 6 p.m. against Southwest Needville, Texas. Man, it's been uh, it's been quite a ride. We're loving it over here, man. You know, yeah, are uh, it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, they're, they're throwing watch parties in movie theaters. Bars are 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 packed. You guys are like, you guys are just building the economy over there in media. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they sent me some videos. Of some of the bars are pretty crazy. People uh, seeing all the different faces going crazy over this game. It was a, uh, it was a really tense game up until the end there. And um, but we knew we were going to pull it out because uh, they they were running out of pitching, and we knew we can hit off of once we got past our really good guy. We knew we were going to be able to hit the ball. <laughs> Nice, nice. And I saw that the, uh, the the bus up there to Williamsport sold out in 35 minutes. Now, I know Doko is ready for the Little League World Series. <laughs> is the world in the Little League World Series ready for Delco, do you think? I don't know if they're ready, but they're going to be. It's coming. It's definitely coming. They were talking about um, 
they had different names and stuff for people up here. You have the manager, assistant coaches, and you have translator. And I told him, I said, we're going to need a translator for our Delco slang. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing that I can't wait for. I can't wait for the parents to get on the, uh, on the mic. I am, uh, I'm well-versed in Delco people. And I just, I love the accents. I think people, and in every time that someone's talking, it always, uh, it always goes viral because it's just such a, such a specific, specific kind of accent. What do you, uh, what do you think it is that has resonated with you guys? Just not in, in, in Delco, but people like, like me outside in Philly or Montgomery County or Bucks that's like resonated with your, with your team. I mean, we're, we're Philly tough, you know, it, it's a tough team. Um, we've hit, took on a lot of injuries. We got kids with, um, you know, broken elbow. He's done chase the Ambrosio. We have a kid that broke his thumb in the district championship in the second inning would not let me take him out of the game, put him at shortstop, made an error. I was like, you can't squeeze the glove. He's like, I'm not coming out. So we put him on the mound and he ended up finishing the game. Our catcher had to walk out, lob the ball to him real softly. Um, but you know, they're tough. And I had a kid in a boot. He was literally in a boot for practices, takes it off for the game, runs, his foot's hurting him and stuff, iced it up and stuff. We had a kid had 15 stitches in his knee. His first game was the district championship. I mean, we're pretty beat up, but um, they just keep coming back and fighting and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a tough team. It's a gritty team, and they're, they're Philly tough, and Delco's strong, and uh, it's me, that's media little league baseball. I love that. Yeah, you guys are on like a 14-game winning streak right now. You do really embody – the Delco blue collar spirit tenfold. And you, you, get, you guys have great fundamentals too. That's one thing when you realize sometimes when you're like, you know, watching the fills and you go watch little league and stuff, you always see like the, the, the fundamental plays, but you guys have really, really, really great fundamentals. And I'm sure that's a testament to you. I'm sure it's a testament to the guys, hard work and the coaches. And then you're also doing this with your son, Tommy, which yeah. is, which has to be awesome. And I, yeah. I, I understand you guys won a state championship together when he was 10 Yes, yes. And they they won, actually won the Mid-Atlantic. They went they won up the to Mid-Atlantic. Cranston, Rhode Island, won the Mid-Atlantic. And now 11 years later, you you two are coming, you know, right around, and now you're coaching together in uh, in the Little League World Series 11 years later. Can you tell us how awesome that moment has been coming full circle with your kid? Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, the whole run when he was playing and stuff was really cool because, you know, we were traveling together. We were always together, um, going game to game, driving in the truck and the – talking baseball all the time. It's, it's awesome what I wanted to do with him. He actually told the uh, one of the guys up at Media Little like you're going to have to get a plaque for him because he's the first one to win the Mid-Atlantic Championship as a player and, and a coach. So <laughs> it's, uh, but it's awesome with him. He, you know, he really knows the game. He, Tommy handles all our pitching staff. He, um, he handles all – calls all the pitches and stuff. He's really been baffling these teams. They don't know what's coming next and stuff. He, he coaches at um, – on deck baseball and he coaches a team there and does lessons out of there. So he really knows the game. Um, I'm just here helping support him. And uh, Scott Crowley's our other coach. And, you know, the three of us work really well together, but it's been great. Coach, what do you, uh, what do you tell your guys, your team and your assistant coaches and whatnot about going up to, to Williamsport and having, having this experience and playing on national TV? So, you know, we were on the ESPN in the regionals and, it, it, it is a little bit different, but if I, I have them focusing on the task at hand, you know, they stayed in the moment. Um, that night we won. We said, all right, we're going to celebrate tonight. Tomorrow morning, we got to get up at six o'clock in the morning, pack our bags and get ready for the bus. You got to get ready. Do what your job is that day, that moment. Um, and then like same thing with practices. Worry about the practices. Don't worry about games. We're not going on games until they're they're in front of us and stuff. So even the warm ups, 
focus on the warm-ups. And so you said about fundamentals. This team is fundamentally strong. We've practiced every day for three months now, except one day I gave them off, and the kids actually went up to the field themselves and practiced. But we practiced 4th of July, and Tommy actually took off. He's a 21-year-old kid. First holiday weekend for him could be down the shore. He did not. He he came to practices every day, and uh, it, it's pretty awesome showing his dedication to these kids. Does it um, does it resonate with them? Do they understand like the? Uh, do you need to take that? You can answer the door if you need to. Sorry, close that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, That's our always, host always coaching. They're Always keeping, they're yeah. keeping us in line, our host here. So they, they got to make sure we're at where we're supposed to be. And okay, stuff. I typically get like three text messages per show, and I got to mute my phone and all that. Yeah, um, sorry, I missed that question. Tell no, no, do they? Do they? Does the 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 largeness of a moment like this resonate with the kids, or are they just kind? Are they too young to kind of realize? They just kind of do their thing and have fun with it. They're just up here having fun. Uh, the Mexican team was out throwing the football around, and they, they really didn't know how to hold the football. So some of our players like, can we go out and play with them? We want to teach them how to throw the football and spiral and everything. So, I mean, Jap- Japan's right next to us. Uh, Latin America's above us. So it's, it's awesome seeing the different co- cultures and stuff and the kids hanging out with them and trying to learn some of the words and the language and stuff. So it's been really cool. They, they just really want to hang out, and, you know, they're not really into the practices right now. So it's a little hard to get them going, but, uh, you know, hanging in the door, playing spike ball, which they're not supposed to be playing stuff, stuff like that. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of fun to have. I don't know if you've ever been up there, Kev, but man, there's, there's a lot of fun. You know, you go into the pool, you got all the ping pong stuff, you got all the arcades and everything. Like, have you been on the Hill yet, coach? You going to go down the Hill? We have, uh, I've, as a fan, I guess I have been on the Hill and went down the, down the Hill on the cardboard yeah. and wiped out. And yeah. So I don't <laughs> think I'm going this year. Come on, what if what if you guys win the title? Will you go down the hill? Oh, absolutely. I'll All surf right. it. <laughs> All right, I like that. Probably right. break some bones, but you know what? Might be well worth it. <laughs> hey, how's uh how's Skoranek enjoying his newfound fame? Is he is he still staying level headed, still still okay out there? He's one um, of my favorites. Yeah, he's awesome. So it was funny last night we had a picnic and uh Canada has this uh redhead and they call him cheesy. So we got a picture of Cheesy and uh, Ginger Jesus together. It was pretty funny. It's, they look like they could be cousins. <laughs> oh man, what, what do you um? So so you are playing you are playing a team out of Texas. What do you uh? What do you kind of see with them? What's your, what's the scouting report you're looking at with them tomorrow? Well, I mean they're a well coached team. Obviously, everybody up here is a well coached team. They're really good players. Um, they got some big kids that can hit the ball out of the park. They got good pitching. Um, they look fundamentally strong. Their infield looks like they turn the double play pretty quickly. We're going to have to play our game. I mean, everybody up here is really good. And, uh, you know, we're a little banged up, so we're going to have to, like, play a little bit harder and stuff. The kids, are, other ones are going to have to step up and uh, make the plays. Um, as far as, the, you know, the, their coaches, I've, I've been talking to their coaches. They're really cool guys and everything. They're Houston Astro fans, which is a little – you know, but obviously, you know, they're from there. I don't mind somebody from there or somebody's from Dallas and they're a Dallas fan. It's if you're from Philly, you're a Philly fan. You know, yeah. you can't be can't be crossing paths. Oh, we need you guys to get some revenge for last October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're working. And they, the kids looked up some scouting reports too. They, they the rankings, power rankings. Mm-hmm. They have Texas ranked number three across the board and one spot number two. So they're going to be a tough team. Yeah. They got us down around seven, eight somewhere around there so do, the do, you guys, 
Coach, you guys feel like the the World Series run last year and uh, the Phillies kind of turning a corner and, and being a different team now than they were for the last 10 years. Has that had any kind of effect at the, the little league level or do you see the kids being more excited about the, the major leagues or anything along those lines? I mean, they're really excited about the Phillies and stuff. Everybody loved that run last year. We actually had some people gathering together, watching some of the games and stuff, big groups and stuff. But the kids were uh, – they're definitely into it. They're, we do have a couple of Yankees fans. I don't know how they got in on the team. I did see if that. I know, that if I know character. that, if I know that ahead of time, I might have had to cross them off, you know. But uh, anyway, we're right. doing pretty good with who we got. So um, yeah, no, it's going to be fun, especially to meet the Phillies up here. It'll be awesome. Yeah, I, I always, I always looked at the Little League World Series as being, uh, you know, it's like the perfect moment because it ha- it's, it happens at the perfect time every year. There's always you always get to like meet a kid who's got an interesting story or there's like a like a viral moment or something who is the kid pagan who hit dingers big al delia hey yeah he hits, he hits dingers yeah monet davis and that right. like, need taney dragons and all that stuff i love it yeah I'm, I'm i'm happy that you guys are going to be able to to participate in that you know just just the spectacle of it all and just you know, it's, it's always a feel-good story just to kind of have that i worked in television for a while and everybody just loved the you know getting behind the local Little league, right? Yeah. yeah, we got a lot of the fans rooting for us. I get, I get like eighty texts a day, and I try and reply to them, and then I get like seventy people reply to that, and I'm like, oh boy, the phone freezing <laughs> up, and the notifications start coming. The phone, I'm just charging it three times a day. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is crazy, but um, <laughs> now it's going all good. Every, everything's cool, and so I try and handle that. The other two coaches are are taking care of the kids as much as they can. You know, I try and accommodate. The, the, the media and stuff because everybody wants to talk and find out what's going on and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, come game day, we're like nothing. It's all cool. about the game. Love it. Have, have the Phillies reached out or anything? Obviously, they're going to be up there for the Little League Classic against the Nationals. I think it's Sunday. Um, have, have the Phillies like talked to you guys, get anything going? or No, we haven't heard anything from the Phillies. We're like a, they're, I believe they're down in D.C. now or they're going to D.C. They're in Toronto now. And they're, I think they're, yeah, they're in D.C. then. Yeah, and then um, so I, I, you know, I'm not. We're not really worried about that. <laughs> we got a lot going on here. Our yeah. schedule's full, and ESPN and uh, Adidas, the sponsors, they they change our schedule like whenever they want. So we have to do whatever they want. Yeah. I hide my Under Armour. Yeah, <laughs> I literally, we literally had to take pictures, and I, I was like this. I had to put my hand on my chest, and then we yeah. had a, I had a Nike shirt, put a bat yeah. over it, covering it. So yeah, you're like MJ Perfect. in the Olympics with the with the with the American flag over the Adidas symbol. Yeah, <laughs> like so. <laughs> it's good stuff, though. Awesome. Nice. Um, have you have you mentioned who you're pitching yet? I don't want any trade secrets getting out, but do you know who you're throwing tomorrow? We're throwing our stud, Austin Crowley. Okay. Yeah, and if anyone missed that game in the in the in the uh, in the championship, man, thirteen Ks, I mean, just a pitcher's duel. It was a it was amazing. It was it was it was fun to watch. How's he doing? What's he uh, What's he like? He's he's as calm as can be. Real quiet. Kid. Um, except when he's around the other kids, he's he's the uh, ringleader in you know different stuff going on. <laughs> he was under one of the cots, like totally under, and I'm in there talking to the kids. I'm like, "Where's Austin?" They're like pointing down underneath the bed. I'm like, he was hiding and stuff. So, but it, it, it's good stuff. I mean, he's a good, he's a good kid. He's a level-headed kid. He doesn't let things get to him. Um, he's definitely uh, very calm out there. Now his dad, he paces yeah. a lot. You know, he's a coach and stuff. And, he's, and it's his kid out there and stuff. Um, so, the two of them are like opposites game day. But um, you know, it's it's you kind of 
feel it. You know, I, I would I'd be nervous too if my kid was out there pitching, especially on the biggest stage in the world. True, coach. Before we let you go, I got I got to know what happened to the to the dog in the rosin bag. <laughs> got to get that so, story. That's the famous story. Um, so like a lot of times I go out there and I talk to the kids. I want I want to kind of break the ice. Usually it's when um someone's doing bad or they're they're getting upset out there and they're losing. But I was just walking out to the mound, and then all of a sudden, I, I just looked down at the ground and saw the rosin bag, and I was like, "Ah, oh, did I ever tell you a story about my dog that you know ate the rosin bag?" And the dog did not eat the rosin bag, and no dogs were harmed in this and everything. <laughs> so we had a puppy, and her name is Luna, and she got into uh, one of our, our bat bags, and we had an A two thousand glove in there, and it had there was a rosin bag in there, or baseballs in there. So she pulled everything out by. One, one at a time, I saw her with the baseball, and I was like, oh, cool. She drags the um, glove out, and next thing you know, she get, grabs the rosin bag. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I grab that. She grabs the glove and runs underneath the table. I couldn't get to her, and she's chewing away on an $82,350 glove. And... The rest is history, and that's just a mechanism you use to calm the guys down. I love that. Yeah, it's just, you know, you just got to kind of take them out of the moment. You know, the yeah. kids, if you go out there and say, you got to do this, you got to land this, you got to hit this spots and everything – if they're they're struggling, they're definitely not going to listen to you. They they just need to hear something different. Are you aware of always being mic'd up too? Because I mean, at the end of the day, you're from Delco, all right. Yeah, I mean, um, that comes out. I, I'm I'm aware of it. I just didn't realize like they tape everything and yeah. then the pick spots. And stuff. So there are some times that I you know I'm going to go at I'm going to go after them and you know hey hard coaching wins. You know like these mm -hmm. kids have been coached hard. We pushed them a lot. We had two a days. Um, we scream at them when they make mental mistakes because mental mistakes, it, you know, the only thing they can control is their effort and their attitude. And if they're not controlling their effort and their attitude, then they're, we're going to we're gonna get on them and make sure they know about it. They're going to make ours. We know that. We're going to strike out and stuff as long as they're trying, giving that effort and they have a good attitude. The last game and stuff, the pressure got on these kids. You know, towards the end of the game, kids were like really stressing about mm -hmm. their bats and stuff, and then like tears were coming in some of their eyes and stuff, and kept trying, trying to take them out of that moment. Just say, "You got to relax. Got to relax. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Keep putting zeros up there for DC on their board, and we're, eventually we're going to get into their bullpen and we're going to get this run." Oh, I love that. And that's that's the Douglas. You embody this team embodies everything that we just asked for in our athletes. And we've seen it with all this James Harden stuff in the last two weeks and stuff that like we just want you to go out there, give it your all and right. just play tough. And we're not hard fans to to, yeah. to get on your side. Just go play tough. And that's why that's, we're that's all Philly tough. Definitely yeah. people, people in Philly and stuff. You play hard to give your whole effort. You don't have to win, but you have to be tough and you have to play hard. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, who is your? Uh, obviously, all these guys are are, uh, are looking up to Bryson Stodd, Bryce Harper. Who was your guy back in the day, the Philly? Uh, I'm obviously Chase Utley was a, a big fan of how hard he played and everything, his efforts and stuff. And um, you know, he was probably my favorite player. I would yeah. say. Nice. Okay. Well, Coach, man, uh, and I also do want to. I do want to um, promote this for you guys. I know uh, Little League. Uh, your Instagram is doing a fifty-fifty raffle to help. Uh, some of the costs for the families and defray the cost. So if you get a chance, go to uh, uh, the media little league on Instagram, um, you know, because not only do, you know, you guys sacrifice the kids sacrifice, the parents are sacrificing as well. I mean, this is getting into, I mean, how long has it been that you've guys been, been, been on the road and, and doing this? So we're about uh, a week and a half, a little over a week and a half, I guess on the road and stuff. We were lucky that States was in, um, 
Newtown Square. Mm. So you like some states, I think two years ago was in Erie. And if we had to go to Erie, that would have been a long haul. But um, so we, we've been pretty good stuff. The kids are holding up best they can. Some are a little bit better than others. Some really don't want to go home. <laughs> so they're like, can't we just stay in here in the dorms all the time? Oh my um, God. I don't blame it. I heard, I heard you guys didn't even get to go home. I heard they were like, Hey, you got to leave your car here. We'll arrange for somebody to, uh, to get that for you. Yeah. We want, we want on Friday night. I don't know what time it was five, five thirty and stuff. And they were like, you know, we're going to go out to dinner and stuff. They're like, all right, you gotta be back in here by nine. The bus is leaving at 7 a.m. and the kids got to be up at six and eat breakfast and pack and everything. And we're like, oh, it was brutal. It was really a rough. You couldn't really celebrate, you know, like it, it was tough because they were shuttling us right after the game, right back to the dorms. And um, the parents wanted to be with them and stuff. So we ended up going to one of the hotels and took over their lobby. And nice. uh, we had 60 some people there, pizzas and beers. And <laughs> I have water now. Yeah, no. Hey, how many beers are waiting for you back home in media at the bars? I hope there's a nice little tab for Tom Bradley. You deserve it. I hope there's a nice cold one. That's what, it'd be nice to just sit down with a nice cold one. So, I love it. And then talk about it. it rather than doing all this work. I hear you, man. Thank you so much, Coach. We really appreciate you coming on, and, and good luck tomorrow. We're rooting for you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Good luck. Hey, Delco. Cool. Delco. Delco. Coach right. Tom Bradley. Delco. Yeah. Love it. Those kids play harder than the Sixers, man. I care more more about them than the Sixers right now. Let's bring in our third guest. We got uh, Trevor Harris from the Upper Bowl podcast. Coach runs them like Andy Reid, baby. Three months straight, no days off. Let's go. Like we're 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 they're working harder than the birds are in NFL player training camps right now. What's up, Trev? What's up, Kyle Pagan? What's up, Kincaid? How are we doing today in this um, beautiful sunny day in Miami? And I think I got to say this. This is probably the biggest game in soccer history in Philadelphia right now. Oh, you yeah. know it. Kevin, any- would you agree with that? Well, uh, one of them, if not the best. Does anybody give a shit in Miami about it? Or People have been caring about like ever since like people say, like, I don't think Messi's going to come. Some people say he was going to come. I was like, I was on the fence. Like, if he comes, he comes. I don't care anyways. It's like the 15. Will anyone care or notice him? Maybe like funny enough when like the first week he was shopping at Publix and people like he's the man of the people. It's like, all right, fine. You can have that one. (laughs) It's got to be good for Miami too. There's there's a lot of people from Cuba. There's a lot of people from Spain, a lot of people from the Dominican, like people who like Argentina, like everywhere in South America, Colombia, Argentina, like we have the whole like South America's down here. (laughs) Well, I did like how, how the Publix videos and all the videos of him just walking around, yeah, um, Miami, like, oh, Messi's a normal guy. Nobody recognizes it except for the motherfucker with the camera, like putting mm-hmm. it on social media, right? So it's like, I, I, my understanding of the public's video is that he eventually got swamped and had to like leave out the side door. But now he, I just found it funny because he gets off the plane in uh, Philly <laughs> last night and you have like the John Clark, the ubiquitous John Clark video. And then Messi is like staying in the four seasons or wherever the team stay in Philly. I wonder if he knows he's got to get on a bus and go to Chester tonight. Or, I don't and- think so. I really don't think so. I, I, I We've been making this determined on radio. Is Messi a Dade County guy or a Broward guy? Because most of the athletes stay in Broward anyways because of tax oh. reasons. Okay. Did he know, do you think he had a clue that the stadium was in Fort Lauderdale, that he wasn't actually? I think he did like at first, but they're they're building this near like Merrill Reese airport, near the airport and the Merrill Reese golf club, which you're saying that's like, it's going to happen. Like I'm still waiting for the shovel. It's like, it's like the Simpsons monorail almost. So the, so just for context, just so people know what the hell we're talking about. Miami plays it like a uh, drive pink stadium. It's in Fort Lauderdale. It's a 20 minutes. 
Yeah, Drive Pink Stadium is like a temporary stadium because Beckham and the other guys who own Miami are trying to build a yeah, is this a Brazilian billionaire, I guess Jorge Mas his name is. Yeah, he, he he's got a lot of money. He was originally gonna try to buy the Marlins, but the MLB said ah, ah, at all. And then he got um Bruce Sherman buying the Marlins instead of with Jeter. Okay, yeah, and then they took away that statue, the crazy statue mm-hmm. in the in the whatever there. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's interesting, man, because like I I, I was on 97.5 the fanatic today. I was like the last time I was on there to talk about soccer was to here's the map of the Miami region. For, so uh, I will give everyone my location. So I live in Deerfield Beach. It's literally 15 minutes from my place, and I don't I go to any of the games. Like I usually produce half the games all the time. Okay. So, but by the way, yes, uh, Trevor works in um, Miami sports radio, sports yes. talk radio. Um, but yeah, for, you can obviously like Miami Beach is not uh, exactly Fort Lauderdale, but no. yeah, they. Um, you know, I was just saying, I was on 97.5 The Fanatic earlier with Anthony Gargano. And the last time, like, The Fanatic asked me to come on to talk about soccer, it was like the 2014 World World Cup, I think. Oh, my. <laughs> like, Phil from Mount Airy uh, had no shoes on. And I think he came down to meet. I think James Seltzer had to come meet me at the front door. And I think Phil was on a cigarette break or something. And he didn't get <laughs> didn't get back to the studio in time. So they a had dart to break. Him. We call that down here. I like to call it a dart break. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's... um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I don't um, like, could it be the biggest game in union history? Possible. I mean, just the scope of everything that's going on and Messi being here and the eyeballs that are on it for sure. I mean, the fact that they're in the semifinal of a tournament. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, is, is like a big we were, jo- I was joking. I was, I'm not doing any of these. I told my, I told my boss, like, you could find someone else to do these league cup games. I think it's the bogus tournament tournament. And like, yeah. ever since I said that the fucking inner Miami is just gone. Yeah. Like, haywire and just scoring four goals a game anyways well right i mean i i said the same thing too i said that the tournament was kind of be i mean for people who are listening who don't know like they're playing in a side tournament it's not major league soccer competition right now it's called the leagues cup and it involves mm-hmm. the, the mexican teams versus the versus the american and canadian mls teams but the entire tournament is played in the united states and canada so the union haven't had to leave chester this entire yeah. time and they and they won i think they have home field advantage even if they win so um you know, imagine like you played a tournament where the Eagles went down to Mexico and played like five games in Mexico. And like, what, you know, what that would be wild. Happened. That would be the yeah. most wildest vacation for all Eagle fans. Well, yeah. Or, you know, what's a better example? Like the Phillies win the, uh, I don't know. Or, or how, how about this? The NBA is doing the bullshit inner season. Tur- yeah. In season yeah. tournament, which I think it's the bogus thing down here. But people down in Miami, like, oh, we're going to win it. I was like, I don't see it. But okay. <laughs> was, so, I'm, I'm crowning the Warriors already with Chris Paul, anyways. Yeah, okay. Well, so say that like Miami, they say the Heat would have to go play every single game in the midseason tournament in in California or something. Mm-hmm. You know, the Warriors get to stay home, the Kings get to stay home. It's not, it's not a real, there's no competitive balance. I'm not going to poo-poo it because if the Union win, they get a Champions League spot. And if they win two more, they win a trophy. I'm, I'm not going to shit on a trophy. It's still an either, yeah. It's just a different kind of a compliment. Thanks for all the context, you two, about League Cup and all this shit. I want to know, is Messi playing? We yes, there's playing. video he's that um, I just saw. Yeah. Like He's playing tonight. He's playing this dramatic tonight. injury, apparently, <laughs> of, of Messi tripping over his own feet. Yeah. Oh, I think it's, I saw it. I was like, I laughed. Like, he's playing. Don't worry Achilles, about it. It could be the, well, they're just setting up excuses for when they lose tonight. He wasn't 100%, right? Because of the. Yeah. The injury scare. Oh, yeah. He just stubbed his toe in the. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. He got caught in the Tahoma 31 grass down there. (laughs) Do you think this is the toughest crowd Messi has ever played in front of? (laughs) Wow. I was thinking, I was was texting my buddy, and it's like, 
he's probably dealt some crazy Spain tournaments, Spain fans, like Real Madrid fans. I think it's going to be the, probably like a top five crowd he's never seen before. You think so? I think so, yeah. I think besides uh, UEFA champions, I think it'll probably it'll be number five or number 10. I think at Real Madrid, they probably booed the ever living shit out of him. I think Argentina, when Argentina plays Brazil in South Yeah, Paul, I was thinking, I was thinking that. It was like, it's at least maybe a top five, maybe top 10 crowd, maybe. But they didn't, Pagan, did you read my column about Lincoln Financial Field, about like hypothetically moving it there versus playing it at, at Subaru? I did not, but I support your decision. Thank you. So the so right, my um my take was that you know you don't fucking move it to Lincoln Financial Field because you're you're like first of all, the union are really, really damn good at Subaru. They don't lose at Subaru. I mean, they only lost there once this year. They lost there zero times last year. So why are you gonna compromise that, first of all? But there's no there's no guarantee that if you opened it up, if say you sold fifty thousand tickets on short notice figuratively, I mean that would be great. Craig, if you can scroll down there, there's some bullet points there. Um it would be great hypothetically if you could have this huge game in this huge stadium with everybody watching it, but um, you can't guarantee you, like, you can't guarantee that all the extra fans are union fans too, right? So how how do you? It, it might just be messy fans. But here's here's the argument that I made for Lincoln Financial Field: more fans get in, it's a better environment. Mm-hmm. You can sell more tickets, they make more money. You flip the dollars into something useful like a transfer fee. Number three, it makes the game feel bigger because you're playing it at the link, you know, in the city proper. Number four, it opens the door for casuals to get a taste. Maybe some guy watches Messi play the union and he says, I like both of these teams. Now, and maybe that's the, the thing, you know, but again, you're not, you're possibly diluting the the products. And it just seems Bush league in a sense, because like, what if the Philly, Phillies like said, well, Otani is coming here. So we're going to move mm-hmm. to a bigger stadium so that the Japanese fans can watch him or some shit. I, I don't know. It's like <laughs> we would fucking hate that. Oh, yeah. It'd be stupid. I mean, because you'd just be compromising your I don't know. Why are you going to make a concession? Why are you going to make special occasion for an opposing player? The only thing I would say is that the season ticket holders are getting boned a little bit because there was that whole opt-in, opt-out thing, and a lot of the season ticket holders opted out of the League's Cup, which yeah. in hindsight is is their fault. They did know Messi was coming over here at that time, I believe, but and now they and now they want it back. Um, so explain that to to people. Same, same thing happened with the opt-in, opt-out part with the Miami fans down here. Like people, were like I don't know if we're gonna get. Like I, people were like opting out because Inter Miami couldn't score a goal for like almost a month, two months straight. Anyways, yeah. 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 So when so when you're a season ticket holder with the Union, I guess you get the regular season, then you get these cups. I know they have multiple, multiple cups, and then you get this. You know, they have a choice where you can say, okay, I want to get all the all the games for the least cup, and then you could say, I don't want all the Le- all the games for the least cup because you know maybe you don't think it's beneficial and you and you get money off. Um, so I know a certain amount of tickets were allocated for people who opted in mm-hmm. and they were at a, a, a regular price point, if I'm correct, Kevin. And then yeah, the got like, opted out yeah. got a, another, um, another branch of tickets that were, uh, very, uh, higher in value. If yeah, Craig, I don't know have that. Yeah, then that's correct. So like, if you know, if you're a season ticket holder and you, uh, and your tickets are like $30 a game and you opted into the league's cup, then your messy tickets were $30. Um, but mm-hmm. if you opted out, they gave them a two hour window to get back in and they could get the tickets at a 30% discount. 30% discount was still like 400 fucking dollars, but uh, you know, they gave them an opportunity before the general public got in there. And like, look, I don't, I know I talked to a lot of people who sold their tickets. The one guy, really? for, the one guy, for example, is like, I don't want to deal with the shit show. I don't want to deal yeah. with messy people or whatever, you know. And so the parking's not great down there. You'll be there forever. No, it's terrible. The parking's so got, down here, not great down here in Miami. If it's like you're both screwed, but if it was down here, it's even worse. 
Yeah. Yeah. So if you, you know, so he got four hundred dollars. I think. I think his tickets are normally fifty. He got four hundred dollars. So I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do with their money. I mean, no. if, you, if you can pay for all your season tickets, or you can pay for your increase based on that, then that's fine. But uh, you know, you're still going to have enough Sons of Ben and Keystone Ultras and enough of the regular season ticket holders that you'll have like an enclave of you know at least local diehard support. There'll be messy fanboys there, and there'll be a lot yeah. of. But it's not going to be like there was a game that they played Pagan uh, against Club America, this Mexican team in the Champions League semifinal or quarterfinal or something like a couple years ago where it was like 75%, 80% Club America fans. Damn. Um, that's crazy. What does that say there? So Inter Miami versus Union in the League Cup semifinals will be the most expensive ticket in Union history with an average price of 556 I think there's been an update uh, to up, that. Is it up, at least up to $700 now? Yeah, so as of this morning, the cheapest ticket available through the union's website is $706 for club level. Standing room tickets in the secondary market are in the $200 range. Those have come down. The Messi effect. I'm going to give you a little insight. Like The tickets for when when Messi came were like they were expensive at first. Before game time, they were dropping at least to $150 at least. The average usually was was $31 before Messi came. Like you can get them for like dirt cheap, and like you can get them day off, maybe like ten bucks at least. Now they're up to two hundred dollars, two hundred eighty-two dollars on an average. Hmm. Yeah, I, it's interesting, man. How many? How many does that stadium hold down there? Around like fifteen thousand. It's a temporary 15, stadium. That's the yeah, problem. It's, yeah, it's funny watching Messi play in like some ramshackle bullshit yeah. that they threw up and like probably got built to build it out of a box or something. The funny thing is, if you remember the old Miami Fusion, that was the old Lockhart Stadium. So they pretty much took down the old stadium, got oh, yeah. the field there, and they yeah. built the, the new stuff around it. Yeah, that's funny. So for people who don't know, there were two team MLS teams in Florida that got folded because yeah. they weren't successful and they contracted. MLS actually contracted in two. 2001 yes and then they came back and they brought uh florida teams back to orlando was the first orlando. one then miami came. orlando and miami yes that's a good sign that it's that it's coming back around but i i don't yeah i'm i'm not going man people are like what do you mean you're not going because russ is going fucking russ got a press <laughs> russ <laughs> weasel his way in there with a the hey, credential. yeah he's like hey i'm back yeah. no i'm ready for the site all right, I'll write my experience for the site. It's like, can't wait, Russ. Thanks, man. I'm sure. Russ, joy of the snow, the goalie podcast at the Messi, <laughs> yes. you know, Messi game. But I was because my thing's like, I don't, I'm exhausted. I've done enough, I've gone to enough games with the credential. I got to see Beckham. I got to see Henri. I got to see, you know, like the original wave of, you know, Marco Poppy for all you Chicago Fire fans back in the day. Oh, yeah. Marco Poppy. Yeah. That's a good pull from you. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. So, um, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going down. Uh, my wife's going to yoga. I'm going to watch the kids. I'm going to put them, put their asses in front of the television. And be like, do not bother me for the next two hours. <laughs> you need juice? Okay, go get it yourself. You know. So that'll be. There's also a sick pagan. There's also a Sixers Zoom call for the arena at six o'clock tonight. Ooh, wow! Should we go Zoom call right into Messi? We could do a uh, a twofer. You know. Yeah, I don't recall that. I wonder who. I wonder how many people are going to be on which one. I. uh I'm I'm just reading this and like I'm a casual union guy. I've been to one game, you know, I'll watch them when they're in the uh the MLS Cup. Yeah. This is this is the biggest star that's that's ever come to the MLS, right? Like I'm yeah, looking at it's, quote. it's crazy. It's like yeah. the media credentials down here were like impossible to get one. It's yeah. like people like like all the local channels got it. Then after that, like Apple got a lot. Like we were trying to get something, like we couldn't get any of them. 
It was it was literally wild. And there was only like five dudes who were ever there before. Yeah. And Michelle from uh, the whatever newspaper down there. My there's so many news. The Miami Herald or Sun Sentinel or one of those. Oh, okay, two. yeah, I think from the Herald. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny how they go from like two people watching their practice to like a million cam- cameras. I mean, that's what it was like when Beckham was here for like the All Star game. I remember they built a, a temporary tent outside ppl park yeah because there was no vision of bars or anything in chester it's like you know how many people i had how many visiting writers would be like so where do you go to get a drink around Harris, here? You know. yeah like harris yeah, yeah. go to harris <laughs> you think messi's gonna go to harris after he bags a hat trick tonight would he, would he bet on himself at harris casino for the window get, get other goal or <laughs> goal night maybe or two goal night <laughs> I, I, it's just i don't know what are the chances like who who should win this game I uh, like so. Here's the funny thing: Inter Miami's been scoring like two plus more goals a, a night anyway, so it's gonna be really entertaining. So Miami in 17 games and five League Cup games, they've had 16 goals in their last 17 MLS games before the tournament. How about that? Messi's got more goals than games. Yes, right now, yeah. eight and five or eight and three or something like that. Yeah. They're, they're, the thing is, they've been so bad they couldn't score. You couldn't fi- they couldn't catch a cold and score a goal. It's so bad. Like maybe yeah, you'll right get now. a goal from like Robert Taylor. Or like Joseph Martinez, but like Drake Callender is like one of the top USA goalies that people are should start talking about anyway, especially for the national team coming up. So my favorite thing, my favorite thing about the Messi effect is like the random motherfuckers who were left over on the Miami roster. Yes. Like Robert Taylor is some fin- played in like Norway and Finland or whatever. Like nobody knows who he is, and now he's plastered all over social media because he's playing with Messi, and Messi has turned him into like. The greatest, the greatest winger in the world yeah I and mean, they have joseph martinez too because i was doing all those early i did the inter miami games last year and do, i've been doing them this earlier this year before league cup and before messi came you can like you, you had andre vasily there's so many people but now it's like messi's here like who are these guys anyways yeah they've just random dudes that messi is elevated to answer the question peg and the union are, are built very well to play against miami to be quite yeah. honest because the union play this very like blue collar grinded out game and they're the type of team that like they'll they'll put in a tackle they'll win the ball take a touch and put their head up and they'll just launch it Mm-hmm. And start running. And whenever they win the ball, they go direct in transition. The the Miami center backs are not very fast. They have this clunky Ukrainian guy back there who's like okay. And then they have this Canadian Kramoski. Kramoski. Kramoski is and he's one of their midfielders. Yeah. But I mean, when you say t- they got three Barcelona superstars on the field, but the other eight guys are like like they're, they're lower better. level, like Premier League players. At least. Not even but not any better. Yeah, the other eight guys are not any better than anybody the union has. So as long as you don't get carved up by the three Barcelona guys, they got a chance to win it. I just don't want to see the last thing I want to see is some stupid fucking red card or something that just ruins the game completely. Like go to penalty kicks, kicks, maybe. This is, this yeah. is like the this is like the low giants versus the cowboys. Yes. Like just a, just a, a team that's all put together, you know, the underdogs and I guess kind of in a way, versus like Spike and like one other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, man, but they, they don't. Yeah, they, they the union are a home dog. I mean, they were like plus 190 last night. Wow. And again, like with soccer odds, there are there are draws too. typically. So the odds look a little funky. Here's a better question. How many Eagles will show up to see Messi play? So this is a thing that I'm reading right now. Jim Curtin reports that there will be a lot of big names attending the match tomorrow night. He had about 250 ticket requests hearing from some people he hasn't talked to in 30 years. Wow. So like I, I think Embiid will be there. Uh, Boston Scott's always down there. Brandon Graham. um, Jason Kelsey, probably. You think KD will show up? 
if he doesn't show up for this, I mean, he's a friggin' part owner and now Messi's here. If he doesn't show up for this one, he's never going to, sh- never going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> it will be crazy. I, like, would boo the, I would boo the shit out of him. If I was down there, I'd be like, get on the phone and sign somebody. <laughs> you're going to get, open go up the checkbook. <laughs> open the checkbook. Why are you, why are you here? If you're not going to call, open up your, your flip phone and call Griezmann and get him to sign or whatever, you know? Because um, funny enough, they when they played Dal FC Dallas, Tony Romo was there too. That was at the game too. He was there. Like every star was at the first game. Like Beckham was there. Obviously, he's the president. Serena, the Kardashians was there. Kim Kardashian, Rick Ross was at the one. Rick Ross was there. It's like people come up to Broward because it's an easy trip, anyways, and they just want to get out of Dade County. Yeah. This is the biggest moment in Chester's history. Yeah, <laughs> since the incorporation of Chester. Oh, yeah. since Jameer Nelson was playing against yeah. the Carroll brothers back in high school. Orlando Magic legend Jameer Nelson. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. Trev, what else is uh, before we wrap? What else is going on down in Miami? It's football season, so everyone's talking about the Dolphins right now. As I have been saying, I, I was the first one to say Dalvin Cook would not come to the to the Dolphins. I had everyone want to kill me, yeah. and I was right. So I'm proud to say that. So I'm been, I've been in their face for everyone about that. Um, Did he use the Dolphins as leverage? Yeah, I think he used. I think people are. I think it was he used using it for leverage. And I, I was looking like he ain't gonna sign with the Dolphins. They got like two running backs, and plus, let's be honest here, Mike McDaniel's got, has other concerns, especially that offensive line is brutal on the left yeah, side. I saw the video. You see the video, Pagan, of the uh, Dolphins' offensive line getting like just completely run over and no, like a preseason or like a joint practice or something. Yeah, the, the, Eagles, joint- the Eagles, by the way, fell to six and two. In joint practices, they lost to the Browns last night, according to Elliot. Jalen Carter is going to eat the the Dolphins' offensive line alive. He's going to make everyone look so silly, and I'm ready to be in everyone's everyone's face for the Dolphins being so bad this year. So, oh, really? Is Jalen Ramsey going to be back in time for the game? No, he he is he is meniscus. And here's the other thing: don't trust those Miami Dolphins at all. Do not trust those Miami. So you're not a part of two Anon? No, I'm not. I don't trust the Dolphins at all. What do you think? I don't. I I, I don't like I root for the Eagles, and I piss off every every Dolphin fan down here. It was like, yeah, the Eagles will probably smoke you guys. I've been saying that the whole time. Thank you. What's the most? What team does Miami give a shit about the most? All right, I'll, can I give you the power rankings at least? Sure. Okay. Right now, it's football season, so it's the Dolphins and Canes. But really, when basketball season starts, it goes Heat, Dolphins, University of Miami. You could throw the Panthers after that. You can throw the Mar you can throw the Marlins after that since they're somehow winning games right now, which I fucking hate, by the way. Mm-hmm. And you can throw Inter Miami right after that. Okay. All right. Is, is you back this year? No, no, they ain't back. No, they. Come, back. I, I see four. I see four and eight. They come to Temple. Be, be I, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's a little insider. So the voice of the Canes, Joe Sagaki, humongous Philadelphia Phillies fan, by the way. Huge Phillies fan. So during last year's playoff run. He was asking me, like, Trevor, could you give me Phillies updates? Like, I got you. Don't worry about it. Because we've always talked about it. He noticed I'm from the Northeast and stuff. It's like, you got me for Phillies updates. Like, I got you. Don't worry about it. Oh, he, has family in, he had family from Fishtown originally. Small that world, poor, man. Small that poor world. guy. Every, everything comes back to Fishtown at some point. Um, uh, messy Mania tonight. Yeah, I'll be watching. Um, Pagan, you're not going down, are you? I'm going down. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to man on the street down there. We're going to figure it out what we're going to do. I think there's a whole, I think Delco, Visit Delco, which I didn't even know there was a Visit Delco. They're doing a whole watch party down there. So those are my kind of people awesome. uh, that I will be visit definitely Del- targeting. Visit Delco? Visit Delco. It's like Visit Philly, except for, you know, out there, blue collar Delco, baby. Here's uh, the thing you should ask for, yeah. for if you see it, Inter Miami or Messi fans. Where is the stadium? 
Okay. Ask ask them that. Like where what exit and what stadium they're at. And where's it at? Fort Lauderdale? It's in Fort it's in Cypress Creek. It's in part of Fort Lauderdale, which nobody knows. Okay. Yeah. And ask him what drive to, to ask him what drive pink is to. Ask him what drive pink is to. All right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see Joel Embiid. And I'm gonna ask okay. him why he took Philadelphia out of his profile. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. See Miami and Dunk. <laughs> see Miami and Dunk. I love it. I love it. That's okay, and I guess you can probably I mean it's very easy to just focus on like who's there to see Messi versus who are real Union who, fans. Ask him hey. who ask him who players are. Like, do you know who Robert Taylor is or Andre Vasily? <laughs> How many I, Miami I players? I don't know who Robert Taylor is. I will give you I will send you the roster, ask him, do you know who this player is? And just do cutouts. Like, do you know this player? <laughs> yeah. They did uh, that with uh Gallon did that real quick. We can end on this. Gallon did that when a Premier League team came here, uh like five or six years ago, Crystal Palace was in town and he like had cardboard cutouts of like Carson Wentz and like Claude Giroux or whatever. And he was yes. asking these English players if they knew who they were. And the one guy thought Carson Wentz was like Prince Harry. Um, so because they're both gingers or whatever. Yeah. Lie. yeah. Well, Trev, we yeah. appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for giving us that uh that that Miami inter Miami update and everything. Hope everything's oh, going down, go down there. I'll, I'll say this. It's, I, I listened to you guys when I was driving back down here and driving back up for the Northeast. You guys were my entertainment. So thank you appreciate so much. It. I love the show as always. You guys oh, keep me in the you. loop. What's going on as I live down in Miami, the softest oh. sports fans in the world. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it down there. Yeah. I love the Mason Dixon line, just a bunch of soft people. They yeah. are. They are. If if you if you go after them about their college football, they may kill you. By the way, yeah, <laughs> too, yeah, they are nice. They walk too slow, but they will kill you over football. Uh, it dep- you, depends man. what's going on. So th- yeah. thank you guys as always. Thank you. Thanks, thank you so much. Peace, brother. All right, one more thing before we go: pickleball tournament, real quick, October fourteenth, nine to three p.m. Teams of two. Doesn't matter what gender. Doesn't matter what skill set. We're throwing it. First annual crossing broad pickleball tournament in Malvern, Pennsylvania at Bounce Pickleball. Uh, love to see you. Love to have you come out. If you uh, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of the blog, if you're a fan of anything, we just released tickets on the Eventbrite. Go to the blog or go to our social media. You'll find it linked in the uh, in the bio. We can also, Craig, if you if you find the Eventbrite, you can just throw it into the uh, the chat right now. But it'll be in the uh, the bottom of the uh, the episode description as well uh grand prize is eagles week 18 tickets down at metlife uh transportation provided by uh, fans of philly so we appreciate it up to them there will be uh prizes from from pliable gift cards to celebrate pizza gift cards other raffles like eagles merch stays at oceans ac we'll all be there if you want to sponsor the event i think we still need one more court sponsor or any donations or anything you can reach out to me or reach out to kevin we'll get we'll get you in order and uh it's pickleball, sport of the future. Hurry up because it's it's uh, it's about to sell fast. We had a pretty good uh, first day, which I appreciate people who already signed up. Great job, Pig, and I appreciate your hard work putting this together. I'm here to support and help in any way. I will not be picking up a paddle, but uh, approved I, by Kevin Kincaid too. Really, I did sign off on it. Yeah, it's true. I did. Good so, job. Good job. Hey, Craig, real quick, Craig, um, pull that last one up if you can. I believe this is real. I think we've just solidified a Philadelphia Union victory here. Oh, yeah. What's it? Plus 190 right now on the U? Motherfuckers, I got to log on and look because I think the line just moved significantly after this. Craig, can, can, can you, you know, am I going to have to strain my eyes? Like, what are we what are we doing here? Pull that bad boy up. Oh, no. Oh, you idiots. Uh-oh. You goddamn idiots. You have no idea what you've just done. The Nacion, the... uh 
pink and black nation has Man. put their uh has gone and taken a photo in front of the rocky statue these <laughs> motherfuckers have no idea what they just did uh well two nothing union union money line gosh dog steps on Messi's ankle within the first 10 minutes and Messi doesn't play it's an all cash grab <laughs> I, I don't I mean I would die if somebody put in like a bad tackle and Messi had to be like carted off the field or something. dude could you imagine if Messi would have actually hurt himself at that practice session of him just like stumbling over himself and being like oh wow remember we just spent four hundred dollars on tickets yeah yeah well, like I said man maybe you know maybe the sod father put the put the pitch in the practice pitch in down in Miami. It'd be like it'd Miami. be like when when the Sixers sold all those season tickets when they signed Andrew Bynum. We had that whole thing down at the convention center, wherever the hell we went to. The <laughs> uh, the whatever the thing down in Old City is. I went to it. So stupid. And then uh they knew his knee was trashed and he never played a second for the for the, for the Sixers. Oh, and on that uh, note on that note, well. And it all comes full circle back to the Sixers. But hey, we appreciate you guys. If you're uh, if you're down there, if you're watching the Union and whatnot, and you see me, come say hi. We'll uh, me and Craig will be down there and uh, go Union and go Media Little League. We will talk to you on.